out of mind. Two other small issues, I think it's in everyone's best interest. If we are not speaking to use the mute button. And secondly, um, this gets a little funky, but sometimes um, the raising the hand function doesn't always work. So if it isn't working, just raise your hand between Christy and Sarah and others. We'll find out and we'll find you. So having said that and moving forward, I'd like to call to order the February 4th, 2021 uh, Route County Planning Commission meeting. Sarah, if you would now be so kind as to call the roll. Ready. Steve Warnke. Yes, ma'am. Brian Kelly. Present. Andrew Benjamin. I see you. <laughs> um, Troy Brookshire. Here. Roberta Marshall. Here. Bill Norris. Here. Greg Yeager. Here. Oh, look, there's Peter. Uh, I'll give him a minute to connect. Um, Billy Mitzelfeld. He's there. I see him. Okay. Uh, Linda Miller. Here. And Peter Flint. Perfect. Uh, we definitely have a quorum. Um, I'd also like for the balance of you that perhaps don't know him, we're being joined this evening by uh, Ben Martin. Ben Martin is GM of Vista Verde. Welcome, sir. Good to Thank have you. you. Uh, we will do our best to try to get you in and out as quickly as we possibly can. But again, thank you for being with us. Um, commissioners, at this point in time, public comment, anyone who wishes to address the commission or commissioners on any item that is not on the agenda this evening, now would be the time to do so. Uh, recognizing that I don't believe we any give, have any guests other than Ben, we'll move forward on to the consent agenda. As you all are aware, uh, there is one item on the consent agenda at this point in time. Any of the commissioners wish to see that item removed? Good, hearing none, um, I think there's a mixed, I guess we have two options. We can just go ahead and adopt it, but I would prefer to ask for a motion from one of the commissioners to adopt the consent agenda as printed on the agenda. Move we adopt the printed consent agenda. Thank you, Greg. Might there be a second? Second, and that was Brian. Thank you, oh, I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> it's quite all right. Thank you, Andy. Well, it's kind of nice to be recognized by a younger voice. Is that what you're saying? We have a motion and a second. All those in favor, please signify by saying yes. 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 There will be no, I'm assuming none opposed. Yes. yes. The content of the consent agenda is hereby adopted. Next item for consideration. PL-20-184 Vista Verde Guest Ranch. Uh, it's an amendment to a special use permit. Uh, Mr. Martin, if you would care, just a brief, 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 brief narrative on what you're proposing. Did you yeah. get the message? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I, I'm up here pretty far north and the fiber optics hasn't gotten up here yet. So if that happens- something, Mr. Martin, when it, when it comes to you, because I'm north of you, you're oh, going yeah. to love it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard. Uh, 
it's a little mix we use with our guests. Some of them appreciate that they can tell their company to take a flying leap while they're here. Uh, that does have advantages. Yeah. Um, basically, when the ranch was first bought, when I was first here, there was a residence that uh, was on the south side of the ranch, 35 acre lot that had originally been part of the ranch, had been sold off. And then the, uh, the owner at the time was able to repurchase that back and make it part of the ranch, but it's a separately deeded um, parcel. Um, but it's, it's for the last, you know, 14 years, it's been the ranch owner's house. Uh, when COVID hit, <clears throat> we were obviously trying to spread people around and we thought the, the current owners uh, are not here very often. And so the idea occurred to us that we could potentially spread some people out. And we had people, our guests are of all different ilk. Some, you know, thinks the whole thing's a hoax and others are hypersensitive to it. And so we had the idea of maybe uh, being able to use that as uh, sort of one of our units. So not increasing the capacity. We really can't do that anyway. Uh, we want to keep all that the same. It was just more of a vision to be able to offer that to folks that uh, would like a little more separation than maybe what our, our units up in the ranch proper offer. So that was the, the concept behind the whole thing. Very good. Uh, Chris Brookshire, I think this is your project. It is. Um, I think it was pretty well explained in the, in the staff report. We um, did get a late referral from Mike Morty from the Road and Bridge Department, and he had no comments. He didn't think anything would change with, with what the uh, ranch is proposing. Um, just to be a, a little more clear, I went back and read the report, and the building department um, has a letter attached to the staff report that you have, and um, originally, Mr. Martin requested 10 to 12 additional people, but that changes the categories. And um, he will be working with the building department to have 10 people. Otherwise it moves it up to a different classification for uh, building code. So Mr. Martin has already applied for a permit and is working with the building department to um, make sure everything's correct with the proposal. And he's also working with the environmental health department to make sure everything is squared away there. Um, we haven't received any other comments. And um, I think as it's proposed, it's not a major change, it's just increasing the boundary. And that's why we had to go through a special use permit amendment because it increases the boundary. I have one question for you, Chris, and it really isn't necessarily specific to this petition, but I too noticed that the building department had a couple of issues and environmental health had a couple of issues. And I totally respect and understand the manner in which we typically deal with them, which is, hey, this isn't really adopted until these conditions are met. How do we follow through or monitor? Um, I actually will be signing off on the building permit for it. So that's one check. And um, Scott will also let us know. He will also be forwarded the building permit and he will be signing that also. So he's going to have to go through the building permit to start with. And then before we issue 
um, no, I'm not correct in that. We can issue it knowing that he has to meet those um, regulations before he can actually use the um, additional house. But that okay. is one way is through the building permit process. That's fine. Thank you. Um, commissioners, <clears throat> questions for like either. Grace. I'm sorry. Looks like yeah. Grace. I just wanted to ask, is the applicant trying to change uh, one of the conditions so that it's 10 or fewer, or is he just trying to work with the building department to make sure what he's asking on the current uh, conditions um, that, that that will get approved and it'll get approved through the building department? If I understand it, it I, I, oh, go ahead. Was that for me or was that? Or for staff. Uh, probably either. Okay. And Ben, better from you. If you'd like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think in the original application, I put that number out there. Um, there was an office that could have been used as a, a bedroom. And so I threw those in there too, not knowing. Um, so it's the, uh, I mean, we, we really probably, I mean, I can't see where we put more than that in because, you know, unless the Waltons decide to come to Vista Verde, I don't see where we'd need more than, than to have it approved for 10 people. So it's, it's basically a family. Because um, when we started this whole process, it was, you know, pretty much one household per unit anyway. And so that was our thinking. But I threw that, it was, it was a little bit more arbitrary as to what we could get in there if we needed to. But in terms of practicality, uh, 10, 10 is plenty. Great. Perfect. It looks like that none of the conditions are going to change anyways from that uh, now reviewing it. I thought that one of the conditions was part <coughs> of that. So I apologize. Chris, you well, started that's to say. The reason we, that's the reason we send out referral notices because we don't, I wouldn't have known that that would, 10 would put him in, in a different classification for lodging. So that's the reason we send those uh, notifications out to referral agencies so we can make sure by the time we get to the meeting, um, the petitioner and county is aware of any changes that we may have to meet in order to make a project work. Thank you. Commissioners, any other questions for either the petitioner or Chris? Billy, you gotta turn your mood on, off. Ah, good. Yeah, so um, we said nothing was gonna change and uh, there was some discussion in the packet about uh, uh, water and sewer. And so um, it's, it seems like you know, we're saying there's not any, any changes, but the uh, referral that's uh, in the packet, it says that uh, we've got quite a few more people and one more, specifically more bedrooms than the current permit allows and uh, and the other issue I'll mention this now so um, um, Ben can address most of both of these issues at the same time because they're related and that's the water. Um, I'm sure they're going to be using more water with more people and it seems to me like that's something we normally address and I'm kind of surprised it's not in there but uh, can uh, can we address those things and how those two, they seem like they might be significant issues. Um, maybe Ben can address how those are gonna get, uh, 
prior to approval. Yeah, so that that particular parcel is pretty much self-sustaining in terms of septic and water. There's wells down there and the septic is designed um, for the four bedrooms that are in there. That's, it's really, there's a, it's a four bedroom house. And so the septic is designed for a four bedroom. Uh, so that, that, that's not a part of our ranch septic or water. Um, so it actually kind of relieves some of the, I wouldn't say there's pressure on it because we, we're, we're good up at the ranch, but since our capacity is not changing, we won't have any more. We're just going to basically, the water and the septic is going to be for that particular family unit down at the, the house, which has its own system. So well, I, guess, I, guess, for it. I guess I'm a little confused. Um, you got four bedrooms and you got 10 people and um, you're saying you're not going to use any more stuff. Um, am, I, am I missing something? No, uh, we will from that, but that house has its own well, has its own septic uh, that's designed for that many people. Um, so what I was saying is in terms of our capacity, we're not, we're not asking to increase our ranch capacity, uh, which would be 54. We're more or less saying that uh, if we had a family of six or eight, we could elect to have them stay down at that house, at the owner's house, rather than up at the ranch. But the owner's house has its own system that's designed for that. Um, it has, it's just the owner's and the, the owner's family hasn't been out. So we're, we're looking to maybe utilize that house um, just to spread people out a little bit more. The question? No, um, I guess we can move on to the water thing. I think you're saying that the, um, the total for the whole uh, permit area, you know, doesn't, you know, from a septic, you know, wastewater standpoint, but that's not really what, as I understand, the standards to be. I mean, the standards are for that house. Right. So if that house has a, a bigger wastewater load than the system was designed for, Seems to me like that's an issue. Um, uh, does anybody I'm else? Not, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm saying the house has a wastewater system that's designed for that load. Uh, well, that's not what the, that's not ranch. Report. Actually, I, I think well, really the report does say that all they're going to do is reevaluate it. Originally, the septic system was designed oh, for four bedrooms, yeah. and now it's suggested it's going to go up to six. Right. And so both the west, the well and the water system, and is contained in part of condition seven, have to be approved by Route County Environmental. So it's kind of a moot point. Either Route County Environmental approves it for the uses petitioned or not. Gotcha. Okay. So that kind of goes back to your question. That'll get picked up at the building permit time. Somebody will see uh, environmental the, permit, yeah. Yeah, you know, somebody will see the environmental permit before the building permit issues. If it's an issue for the ranch, it'll, it'll come up because the report will say so. Mm -hmm. Good. I just want to. Any other questions <laughs> for the petitioner or Trey? Uh, Troy, go ahead. Yeah, Mr. Chairman, um, I intend to probably uh, offer. A 
specific condition 24. And what it has to do with is this individual uh, 35 acre parcel. Um, it dawned on me that in the event that it was sold independently from Vista Verde Gastrant, that we could clarify through this boundary expansion that any uses uh, that are related to Vista Verde as they intend to use it goes away. In other words, it reverts back to uh, those uses typically found in the AF zone district. So I offered that. Now, I don't know if there's any discussion, but uh, I, I think it would be I think it would be better to put it out there rather than leave it silent that the owners come out and decide to sell that 35 acre parcel with this approved boundary expansion. I don't think that we're in, intending to sell an independent 30 or excuse me, approve an independent 35 acre parcel with lodging and nightly rentals and those types of uses found at Vista Verde. Uh, I understand what you're saying, Troy. I'd look to staff for mechanically how to address that. Andy, go ahead. I have a condition. So. Okay. I, I feel like the permit boundary expansion <coughs> covers the use and I guess that, I don't know, Charlie, I guess I would support at least hearing what you had to say as far as a condition that might support that. It just seems like at the time of sale, the permit boundary could revert back to the original. I don't know how that would be worded. Like Steve said, staff would probably handle that. Um, but once that parcel is sold, you want to limit the use only to the current owners in the event if it was uh, separately. I think as long as it's related to and associated with the boundary of the permit, all these uses are continuing. The, the, the problem comes when this independent 35 acre parcel gets sold to a third party who is not part of the Vista Verde operation, then I think that those uses that go along with this boundary enlargement need to cease. In other words, it just goes back to an AF zone 35 acre <coughs> parcel. Brian has his hand up. I've, I've had my hand up for five minutes, so. <laughs> We but saved I'm, the best for last. I'm patient here. Welcome so, to Zoom. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I agree with Troy that, and you just write it contingent upon upon severance of the title, then the, the expanded permit boundary is retracted to its former limits. Um, it's a pretty simple deal, but you, you don't want to inadvertently be approving a future bed and breakfast of some size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what you're getting at, I assume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with that assessment. It also, you know, it, it, by the way, it, I thought we had gone over this, but 
it says in the route county this is on the septic deal it says in the toward the bottom of the planning document we would require an updated design from a colorado pe for how the existing system could be modified or a new system installed to accommodate the requested use i.e 10 people so I, I think billy i think they picked up on the fact that the four bedrooms didn't add up to the 10 people that there were you know 10 people's okay but you got to look at your overall septic system so th those are my comments this seems seems like this has all been discovered i guess is what i'm getting at so troy can you read for us or post for us yeah. share I, I probably got a little wordy so forgive oh. me and feel free to interject or whatever but i said any and all uses conferred upon this 35 acre parcel above and beyond the use by right uses by right in the AF zone district are strictly for those uses as they relate to Vista Verde guest range. That's the tie, trying to tie it to those uses found at the guest range. In the event the 35 acre parcel is sold independently from Vista Verde Guest Ranch, all uses shall revert to only those uses contained in AF zone district. Well, at the risk of practicing law, staff, comments? Go ahead, Chris. I think what maybe we should do, if he can repeat that again, I can type it in and maybe we can actually look at it on the screen. Would that help everybody? Sure. Uh, be a good idea. Okay. Well, Greg, you got your hand raised. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, I was reviewing a case today about uh, sidewalk maintenance, and I thought uh, the wording that I had from an agreement written by a lawyer might uh, simplify things. So I'll read it. Uh, this agreement shall remain in effect until the earlier or until transfer of property, whether by sale, conveyance, or uh, operation of, of law. So then that would just basically say that the agreement uh, shall remain in effect, basically, unless something else changes uh, with the sale of the property. And it might simplify things. But you'd want to follow up at which point time reverts back to the original something or other. Yeah, I'm not sure that did. Let's have um, Chris type it in. See what it looks could like. You could you read it slowly again to me, Troy? Any and all uses conferred upon this 35 acre parcel above and beyond the uses by right in the AF zone district <coughs> are strictly for those uses as they relate to Vista Verde Guest Ranch. In the event, this 35 acre parcel 
is sold independently from Vista Verde Guest Ranch. All uses shall revert to only those uses contained in the AF Zone District. I'm sure there's a few typos in there, but it gives us an idea. Should we put like a pin for the property so that we know what 35 acres, since this ties into the whole use of all the properties and if it gets changed or anything like that, that it at least is known that we're talking about that specific place? Well, you well, could, but I don't think it's necessary because the subject of this expansion is a 35 acre parcel. Hey, Chris, could you somehow <laughs> move the page over? Or show only one page because I'm only seeing about half. Well, wait a minute, let me try something. Never mind. You know, it's why it's pulling up too. I'm not sure why it's pulling up too. Let me see. It's okay. It just needs another E, I think. If you go to view one page. There we go. Got it. Is that better? Yeah, no. totally. Well, I fixed that. I just don't have any video. There we go. Now make it bigger. Yes. yes. I'm not sure how to make it bigger. Let me go see. down to the lower right-hand oh, corner. Zoom. Go to the lower right-hand corner. You can also slide that little bar over. Is that better? There you go. So yeah, I can't I just... see what you guys are seeing. Okay. Could I, could I just offer that instead of contained in the AF zone district, that it should be allowed in the AF zone district? Good call. Just, that's just me. So this here, possibly? Yes. So, Mr. Martin, okay. um, I'm interested to hear um, your thoughts on the topic. Uh, which uh, I I'm I'm all for it. Uh, the last thing I would want is if if the owners decide to sell it, which I don't know why they would. I don't really want to have to manage anything down there. <laughs> so uh, I I'd be all for that, putting that in there. Okay. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, and what was the other word instead of contained that allowed. was suggested? Allowed. allowed. Thank you. And I'm also wondering if in that the first line, any and all uses, I think it should be conferred upon this 35-acre parcel. Thank you, Linda. Not referred, but conferred. Yep. I love it when the legal community chips in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes. That's from you know Mr. Williams' seventh grade English class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Commissioners, any other comments? Thank you, Troy, by the way. Uh, hearing none, I would like to move that to public comment. Um, to now, to the best of my ability, I'm not sure that there's any other public involved here, but if there is and I missed it, now would be the time to comment on the petition. Hearing none, I'll close the public comment portion of this proceeding. Are you done, Chris? No, not quite. Huh? I am. I'm just doing some corrections here. So when we get to that point, we're gotcha. good to go. Okay. Um, where am I at here? Okay. Um, so at this point in time, one more time, are there any questions, considerations, concerns regarding the petition? Hey, Steve. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think 24 reads okay as written. Um, in the last part of it, referring to the sale of the parcel, um, would it be easier just to say that the permit boundary is revoked? The ex extension of the permit boundary is revoked. By doing that, it so inherently brings all uses back to conformance with the master plan? I, my initial thoughts are probably you're right, at least it would simplify it. However, I don't have a problem being totally clear about the intent. And I think if we do it your way, Andy, somebody might choose to misinterpret I don't know. I mean, I, I like the conciseness and say, look, at when the day is often done with that, that piece goes away. Guess what? You're going back to what was allowed in the AF tester period. We're done. Okay. Any other comments, commissioners? Okay. Hearing none, the chair will entertain a motion. Can on... I make one, one concern? Sure. Um, I think it needs to, this, I'm, I, I'm not sure when we say that the boundary, this is just an amendment. I'm trying to think if I should word it at the top that the amendment barrier was changed to the 35 acre parcel, because if someone were to just pull this permit up with no history, I'm not sure what they would understand is involved with this 35 acre parcel. But maybe I can, I can include that in the top of the permit applet or the permit when it's issued. Um, I don't know how to respond to that. Sorry, I was thinking out loud. That's where I was kind of suggesting with the pin to be saying so that it'd be specific to that 35 acres if you just put the parcel number or a pin number on there. So then it would be specific and they would know right away. I, th I think that would definitely help if, if others are in agreement to that. It uh, works for me. I don't... Um... Yeah, just put a parenthesis and in, in, 
Yeah, after the, the parcel, put parentheses in the PIN number. Is that what you want? I think that would help. So people, uh, so in the future, when, when I'm not here or whatever, that they understand that there's a separate 35 acre parcel and I will, I will put the PIN number in. I don't have that right off the top of my head. Yeah, um, blank, 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 parentheses, closed. Yep. Okay, you're gonna put the PIN number in. I will. Yep. Any other comments from commissioners or staff for that matter? Okay, hearing none, Chair will entertain a motion on activity PL-20-184, amendment of the existing PUD to incorporate an additional 35 acres. I'm sorry, special use permit, I misspoke. I'll make a motion. You hear me? Yep, loud and clear. I'll make a motion to approve activity number PL-20-184, uh, Vista Verde Guest Ranch, special use permit amendment to change permit boundary with, give me a second, just going through the pages real quick. Uh, findings of fact number one and condition general conditions one through 10 as written specific conditions 11 through 23 as written and with the addition of 24 as written on the screen second thank you andy thank you brian for the second any discussion on the motion Hearing none, uh, all those in favor of the motion of specific to PL-20-184, please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, please yes. say no. Chair votes yes, motion is carried and the petition is approved. Mr. Martin, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Chris, for all your work on this. And, uh, and I will get with you on the permit. Thank you. That sounds good. Thanks all for your time. Mm -hmm. Have a good evening. And all you're right, more than welcome care. to leave this now, unless you really want to hang around and <laughs> never mind, you don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, well, if you're going to talk about me after I check off, maybe I'll stick around for a no, little. No, we wouldn't do that. Okay, all right. Thank you very much all and right. have a good evening. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, Christy, I think the workshop is the next item on the agenda, if I'm not mistaken. It is, and I am happy that we have a really good turnout for tonight's discussion. Yeah. Um, so just to follow up from the last time we met, you know, when we spoke last about the update process, to me, it, you know, it felt it was very clear that there was a disconnect on the on the entire discussion about the update process, you know, and I put that on me. I failed to consider that we, for one, have new members. It's been a crazy year with COVID being our focus. And then it's been 
about almost a year since we discussed this last. So to pick back up the process from where we left off, you know, I should have taken those, you know, those points into consideration. You know, I, I also acknowledge the fact that I don't think that staff has done the best job over the years with just basic training and then mainly focusing on understanding how the master plan impacts you directly as citizens of Route County, but also, you know, how they impact and the correlation of how the goals and the objectives within the master plan um, impacts your land use decisions combined with the zoning and subdivision regulations. I know you see your, you know, lengthy staff reports and we pull out those policies for you. Um, but we really haven't had just basic workshops, you know, throughout the years, um, as often as we probably should, you know, to answer those basic questions and to make sure you all have the tools that you need um, to make your land use decisions and to be part of this really important process with the master plan update. So, you know, I, I sent you a bunch of documents, you know, that I'm sure in your spare time, you, you couldn't wait to, you know, dive into and, and skim through and, you know, really, uh, and read those. Um, but I would like to use this opportunity as more of just that, you know, basic eagle eye view of the master plan, the history and the update process with some Q&A. And then looking at the schedule, we do have an open meeting on the 18th, which would be our next regularly scheduled commission meeting. And I would like to use that as more of an opportunity to dive into the, mass, the current master plan itself, um, sections of the current master plan and, and, and try to identify opportunities and challenges you know, that we may see um, as we move forward with this update process. And we can, my, my thought is that we would also use the feedback we received from the survey um, that I sent around to everybody to help guide us. And, um, and then we would take that feedback from you all um, to then move us into a joint meeting with the county commissioners. I intend, I'm trying to coordinate and schedule a meeting um, in between this meeting and your meeting of the 18th with the county commissioners and have this same type of discussion because we do have a new county commissioner. And, um, and like I said, it's just been a year, bring everybody up to speed on the same page um, and then um, move into the joint meeting. But um, we will see how this goes. And then, um, you know, obviously we'll have that Q&A at the end here and um, if there's any additional information you would like me to focus on to share that with me so we can try to schedule that um, or I include that in our discussions and make sure that you're all um, prepared. Um, so I'm just gonna share my screen here. Um, oh, hold on, <laughs> I'm not sharing my screen yet. Uh, green one. Oh. <coughs> Hold on one second. So you're you're seeing this, correct? Does it say the Route County Master Plan? 
Okay. Um, yes, in those beautiful colors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had to go back and see, you remember the old ones, right? Um, but let me just try to, okay, so you're still seeing the, the main screen, correct? Okay. So um, just moving through and I just need to move all of you because you are in my way. <laughs> Your faces are in the way of my, uh, my presentation here. Some of you rem may remember some of these slides. I tried to incorporate some new information, but really the intent here is to provide that status update to you all and what to expect through the process. Um, I provided here, we still have your Navigate Your Route um, website. That's a one-stop shop for um, everything you would ever wanna know about the master plan and the update process. It has recently been updated um, to reflect that we will now be moving forward with the update process. A lot of that information on there, you know, was through assistance from Slate Communications, which was a consultant that the county hired, um, which we no longer in, in contract with. Um, so moving forward, we do have a um, public information officer um, that the county does have. It's a single person who I have been coordinating with, who this is her expertise, um, community outreach, public information, things of that nature. Um, so I will be having weekly meetings with her, you know, just to help, you know, update the website or, you know, um, through networking and just putting together some preliminary and educational outreach. Um, so that's what you can expect moving forward. Um, but, you know, just from the rudimentary, you know, what is a master plan? You know, I provided you that update fact document. So a lot of this is pulled out of that document, which we can um, really dive into, but the master plan you know, articulates the community's vision and we use this, you know, as a tool, it's essentially a work plan and it informs oh, yeah. <laughs> citizens, property owners, developers, and, you know, to let them know what the goals and the policies of the county are. As you know, our county um, master plan was adopted in 2004 and we really need to question, does it still accurately reflect the community's vision? The existing master plan, the main overarching policy of that plan and the theme throughout is to preserve the rural character of the county. Um, and, you know, while I don't think it was a question mark that that overall vision has changed, I think, you know, what we really do need to look at is, is the tools that we use to really, um, to, to really emphasize that because the master plan is essentially a growth management tool and a land use document for how we see the, the, future, uh, the county in the future and you know, to really manage that growth, which we'll get into. Um, as you know, the other overarching policy is that the master plan is designed to direct growth to our growth centers in the county. And those are our, our municipalities of stage, uh, I'm sorry, Steamboat, Yampa, Oak Creek, Hayden, 
And then the potential growth area from 2004 is stagecoach. And as you all know, that is something that, you know, we do have to keep in mind because it is in fact where we're seeing a lot of the growth and development and interest in the county. The other area which um, the master plan identifies is the West Steamboat area plan. And that is a sub area plan. And that is another area where um, the master plan as well as the Steamboat Springs area community plan um, focus where development should go within the, the vicinity of Steamboat. So those are two important you know, uh, factors that we, that we wanna consider as we move forward. So the master plan includes these sub area plans within the county. Most do include the municipal municipalities have their own master plans, um, but then there's also these areas of interest in the county um, that were identified back in 2004. And are those still valid? You know, obviously we probably wanna take a look at those sub area plans as we move forward. Some of those other plans are the upper elk plan um, that's probably the most dated um, that we haven't opened up yet in a couple of years. Um, the most recently uh, updated plan actually is the Hayden Community Plan, which was just adopted last week. Um, so that was just adopted. Before that, it was Oak Creek. And then most of you were part of the process to update the Stagecoach Community Plan. So those are our most... Um, relevant plans that were recently updated. Um, the, the big other hot topic will be the Steamboat Springs area plan. And that is something that um, I know the city is interested in updating. Um, and that's really what you hear most, you know, about um, some of the complaints from people about, you know, just some of the challenges that they're seeing with the growth in the city and, and really how best to manage that. So we're gonna definitely wanna be part of that process. Um, so the sub area plans address the issues and concerns that are specific to those areas that they cover. Um, and then how is this master plan used? You know, as you know, it's the overarching land use plan for the entire county. Um, we, we use this plan to help guide the community area plans that apply to each of those municipalities and various geographical areas, as I mentioned. Um, so they are important and we wanna make sure that those goals and objectives stated in those sub area plans, you know, align with those listed in the master plan. So following this master plan update, those areas will be evaluated at, through the update process and be updated after if necessary. So that would be the process. So how you all use the master plan, you know, through, through the um, review of all sorts of different types of applications that you see, use permits for conditional use permits and special use permits, as well as rezonings and um, you see planned unit developments and you evaluate each of those land uses for offsite impacts and through relevant sections of the master plan, along with our uh, subdivision and zoning regulations. So, um, so you use those to guide your land use decisions and that's why it's important. Also, you know, going into why, um, why an update um, 
which is one of the big things that we see all the time. It's just these changing new land uses, especially through the shared economy. And um, everybody is trying to, you know, uh, how many calls have we gotten about camping recently, Chris, um, for people that want to have people, you know, through one of these websites, like a VRBO, essentially, and have people camp on their land. And, you know, these are things that weren't really considered when we look at our land use chart, and we can dive into that a little bit more next week. But we're continuing to see, I think, um, land uses that really center around our tourism industry and recreation. And we wanna make sure that we are addressing those needs and, and where they and if they belong um, and have a place within the zoning chart um, within Route County. So, so those are some of the things we wanna be thinking about. So typical elements of a master plan include land use, um, environmental or climate action, transportation, housing, open space, recreation and trails. Recreation and trails, I'll note, is something that is actually required in a master plan. Um, that is something even through the DOLA grant that we received um, requires that you have a chapter dedicated to recreation and trails. And as you know, we're that there's a lot of pressure around, um, you know, trail development, trail use, uh, trail planning, um, and, and just recreation as, as a whole throughout the county. So it, it continues to be um, a pressure point. Um, and then his, the historic and cultural resources, as well as economic health. So um, why an update now? As you know, it's now 18 years. I had to change the slide um, from last year. So it's now 18 years old. Um, and you know, while it may be old, I still think it is a very good, well thought out land management tool and growth management tool. However, I think we can all recognize the fact, it, it's fact that the county's population is growing. Um, I think we need new actions and efforts should be considered to manage that growth. The community needs are changing. There are more visitors, more commuters. Um, the energy economy is at risk and we need to help define development for the future. Um, so, you know, one of the things is that I, I don't think that we have done well over the years also is that you want to continue to check in with the community. And although we have done that within the past five years, started checking in, we went for a long period of time to actually formalize that process. And you know, for a master plan and the sub area plans to continue to be an effective growth and land management tool, we need to formally check in you know, to make sure that we're meeting the goals and objectives of the plan itself. Um, and and update and amend the plan where necessary. Um, an example I can give um, that I think most of you were aware of, and while it doesn't impact the master plan directly, the master plan directs growth to the growth centers currently. And one of the sources of contention um, that happened within the past year, um, maybe a little more now, would be the Marriott application. 
and downtown in Steamboat. And while we don't have to get into, you know, whether you were for or against it, the fact of the matter is, is that that area plan, one of the main priorities of the area plan is for infill. And there is a future land use map within that plan. And as you know, the area plan also is a community process. It required lots of community input. I wasn't part of the process myself, but um, some of you may have, Troy maybe, uh, Chris maybe. Um, but the point is that plan is also dated, but that application came through and it was approved because it met the intent and goals um, of that plan. And, and, you know, that area was actually identified for hotel and density. Um, so I'm just explaining, you know, how and why this process is important because there was a lot of outcry from that application um, in response to that being approved and going through. And, you know, that that's pretty telling that, you know, if a lot of people are speaking out against it for whatever reason, you know, we really need to look at that plan and, you know, and, and see is the vision still valid of the community, you know, from when that plan was adopted, which I believe was 2000, um, 2006, I believe. So, um, so that is something why I think the city's looking to make that a priority. Um, but that is just an example how, you know, being part of the process is very important. So I'm bringing up this slide, um, which some of you may remember, DOLA came, Department of Local Affairs. Um, they are the ones that we received a grant through to help with technical assistance for the update of the master plan. They also do a lot of demographic information for counties and they came and presented to, um, to planning commission back the summer, I think it was August of 2019. And yes, yes. Ryan's got his hand up and I'm guessing it's germane to what you just covered. Uh, go, go ahead, Brian. Well, you had mentioned the West of Steamboat area plan from 2006, then yep. that plan around the Marriott from, or 2004, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Then the plan around the Marriott from 2006 and I keep thinking back of all the years that have gone by and the West of Steamboat area plan, nothing still happened. Nothing has still happened to speak of. Uh, that, that's yeah. a good point. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we, again, we don't have to get into, you know, the, the politics and the, um, you know, people's opinions of it. But what I will say is that I have heard and I've had discussions with Rebecca about this too, that people say that it's, that it's not working. Nothing's been developed out there in years. Um, and, and one would argue that I don't think it's the plan that's not working because the plan doesn't create development and we all have to keep that in mind. The plan guides development and it provides the tools of where development should go. And the plan, the West Steamboat plan, which is a sub area plan and the area plan for Steamboat Springs, both sub area plans, they both, their actions, their goals and objectives is to develop in the West Steamboat plan. The, pr 
problem lies in you're dealing with private land owners. So although somebody can make an application, there is, you know, we can't force an applicant to, you know, um, make an application for one and two, the dealings or the negotiations that go along with that. Um, you can get into, you know, more in that discussion, but, um, but I do believe that, you know, the, the plans do direct growth in that area. And the question is, is that still appropriate or what else can be done to facilitate growth in that area if that's where the community wants to see development in the future? And, and that was my point in the question, because that's been where the community has wanted growth for 18, 20 years now, because it took a while to get to 2004. So you're, right. now, you're really talking about 20 years ago. And, you know, I think Silver Spur, Silverview Estates is a technical name for it, mm -hmm. was platted before the turn of the century. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And here it is. So if this is something the community wants, I think the community should be, should be looking at to see what should we be doing differently? Should we be doing something differently to try to encourage that growth along the trunk line, the sewer and water? That's where it is. Yep. And, and the gravity, rather than come in conflict with our master plan, which is to preserve the rural nature of the county. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the other part of that is, as you know, we have the urban growth boundary around the city, essentially, boundary extends beyond that into the county. Um, but that's where development should happen. And the West Steamboat Plan is within the growth boundary. However, within the area plan, there is that clause, the very important one, that any development, um, ur urban type density development needs to be annexed into the city. And so there lies the other issue that how difficult the annexation process has been over the years to achieve. So, um, you know, there's a lot of appetite to, you know, review those plans. The city from a time standpoint and just, you know, from a resource standpoint, um, although they want to make it a priority, it wouldn't be until next year that they would look to update that plan, but it would make sense to have that come after the update of the master plan as it's the overarching, you know, umbrella plan for the county, where more than likely it would probably be appropriate to prioritize that sub area plan after the update of the master plan. And we can identify what some of those um, action items or goals can be through our update process, you know, that you would like to see and for those plans to follow. Um, Andy, I see you have your hand up also. I think there is some evidence that the master plan works in the sense that just kind of what Christy was saying that there have been several plans that have been presented for development and the failure has not been in the fact that plans and haven't been presented it's been in the agreements that have put them together there's you know one subdivision out there right now that has all its road built and 
infrastructure in and it has no way to connect through because of uh, agreements with easements and access. And so I believe that there is some evidence that the plan is working. Thanks for that, Andy. And, and to that point um, will bring me to this next slide um, where I've, I've heard arguments on both sides of the fence with, with this slide. Um, are you Christy, seeing the- you can't move yet. Troy's got his Troy hand up. Troy is like having a little hissy fit over there. Troy's got his hand up too. Okay, Sorry. Troy. Yeah, I think this was a slide back and <clears throat> it's been a long time. So I'd like to put out here at the uh, initiation of this, Christy, is the master plan, in your view, a regulatory document or is advisory? Oh, that's been a source of contention and I think a debate on, you know, the Board of County Commissioners. Um, I, I believe it's a regulatory document through state statutes to have a master plan. One needs to be adopted. Um, but I believe it was the opinion um, of the county attorney that it is advisory. Um, so, therefore, um, well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the statute now, and I just okay. throw it out there at this point in time. I mean, I don't intend to decide anything, but it talks about the master plan being an advisory document mm -hmm. to guide land development decisions. However, yeah. the plan or any part thereof may meet may be made binding by inclusion in the county adopted subdivision zoning platting PUD or other similar land development regulations after satisfying notice and due process. So mm -hmm. I, I guess what I would like to add to your list of to do's is figuring out a whether it's already been adopted and incorporated through our zoning and land use regulations or if to make the master plan regulatory if if planning commission has a, an appetite to adopt it as being uh, a regulatory document as opposed to advisory if not already i i don't know if i'm understanding what your so you want to make sure your goal is to try to make sure that this is regulatory as per well, advisory I think, I think that's i think that's a fair discussion what i don't know is right now if it's actually already regulatory because as you know in most of our petitions we all talk about compliance with the master plan and sub area yeah. plans and all those things well i don't know i can't tell you right now if the county has already incorporated the master plan into our regulatory documents. Now you said Eric thinks it's just yep. advisory. Well, then I think we should open up or at least make part of this discussion whether the forthcoming update should be advisory or regulatory. That's all. Okay. I'm going to throw my two cents worth in, but I think we ought to move on because I think you really, you're kind of nosing into what I would consider to be a truly legal issue. My common sense tells me that the, 
the title, which uses the word plan, pretty much tells you that it is in fact a plan and plans are subject to change. But take it one notch farther, I don't know that I'd wanna be involved in turning down a petition solely for the reason that it's not consistent with the master plan. Because I think you'd be subject to a fair amount of criticism, number one, and probably if that were the only means or the only reason that the plan was turned down, I'll bet you you get a lawsuit. An attorney is gonna argue, hey, it's a master plan, it's not an ordinance. Mm-hmm. And I think, so again, I'm not an attorney, but I wonder, I really think the master plan is just that. It's advisory, it's a guidance, and that we have ordinances that underlie the plan that are principally were developed to support the master plan. Right. That was a very good summary, Steve. I was hoping. Well, I mean, if that's where you're going to go, then we need to know whether this document's going to be regulatory or advisory. That's all. That's fine. Okay. Don't be surprised when it comes out advisory. Well, and Steve, I sent you the doggone statute. It talks about it right there in that statute. Once again, I'm not going to practice law. Is it possible that the zoning regulations are the statutory component that backs up the plan? And I agree with you, Steve, as someone who is trained in the creation of master plans, um, you have to acknowledge that plans are changeable. But the fact that people have been master planning stuff, you know, going back pretty far in history, um, I, I believe lends the support to the validity of having a master plan. But I believe the statutory component is the zoning regulation. Just my uh, opinion. That, that, that is true. And that's why through this process, you also want to, part of our process staff, we're gonna be looking at our regulations to make sure they also align because they all are interconnected. So through the subdivision and zoning regulations, it is regulatory. So, and then through your, that's why your staff reports are set up the way that they are having um, it laid out and pulling out and making your decisions based on policies on both master plan and the regulations. Uh, Peter. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, if you go back to the secondary dwelling issue, um, you know, I think if you're going to call the master plan merely advisory, my concern is why are we even bothering with it? Because when we looked at the secondary dwelling issue, we unanimously, as a planning commission, said no, that is not consistent with the master plan. And the commissioners at that time said, well, that's nice, but it's only advisory, so we're going to do something totally different. And I think if they can do something, quote, totally different, I'm, I'm not sure why we're wasting time with a master plan. Well, 
I think we're going over why it's important. Um, and the fact, you know, with the SDU discussion, um, for those of you that weren't part of that process, the issue, the sticking point came down to a commissioner who is no longer in office, who was very interested in allowing secondary dwelling units, uh, not secondary dwelling units, I'm sorry, short-term rentals was the, actually the discussion. And we had many work sessions and we all, you all advised that you thought that it was in direct conflict with the master plan because you saw it as a commercial entity and that as the master plan was written, that um, short-term rentals could not be permitted in unincorporated route county. Christy, I'm also talking about the secondary dwelling issue because that was one that came before the planning commission. Mm -hmm. And if I remember, we voted unanimously um, for lots of reasons of why that was totally um, uh, incompatible with the master plan. It, it was and the short-term rentals, Peter. No, so, it, no. Second, secondary dwelling units are allowed. And that's something we've gone through the process. So secondary dwelling units is something you can have as of right anywhere in the county if you have water and sewer or you need five acres minimum because you require uh, septic. And that but was that the minimum. Was, but, that was a, but there was a change regarding yeah, the secondary I think that's what unit. Peter's talking about. That all changed. That all changed. That was a change. Exactly. Controversial. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that you all were opposed to for secondary dwelling units. You yeah. all approved the amendments to actually loosen the regulations so more people could be eligible to have a secondary dwelling unit. It used to be way more strict where secondary dwelling units, you needed a minimum of 35 acres to even be eligible. So we went through numerous work sessions to, um, as really the, the emphasis of that was for, to meet some of our housing challenges and for um, allow people to have more opportunities to have that secondary dwelling unit. The, the, the points that did not get amended through the secondary dwelling unit regulations was that the overall size of the dwelling unit couldn't be more than 800 square feet. That hasn't changed. Um, and then the other was that you couldn't be separated from your primary dwelling unit more than 200 feet if you have less than 35 acres or up to 300 feet distance-wise from the primary dwelling unit if you have 35 acres or more. Um, but that was something that er everybody was in agreement with that um, was in line with the master plan and in agreement to amend those regula regulations. Um, the big contentious point was the short-term rentals and that continued to be, and we went through reviewing the master plan to see whether or not that was something that you felt was in compliance with the overall master plan. Um, and in the end that didn't go anywhere. That commissioner is no longer on um, board of county commissioners and 
from my recent discussions with the Board of County Commissioners, there is no interest to allow short-term rentals um, at this point. Um, Troy, right. Troy do, you remember, do you remember that in the same way that Christy does? Because I remember that quite clearly, it was the secondary dwelling units um, that the county commissioners overturned us on. You know, commissioners, I think at this point in time, we're probably getting a bit off topic. Number one, Peter, your comment about <clears throat> if the county commissioners are gonna unwind us or unwind the master plan, what's the point of having one? <clears throat> I, I have trouble with that approach because I think it's universal, number one. And I think you're picking on one instance that perhaps maybe you wouldn't want to debate it or not. But I think at this point in time, and Troy's comments about regulatory versus um, advisory, it's a valid comment, it's a valid point. But again, that strikes me as perhaps some type of a legal issue that's gotta be addressed. And I think it's in our best interest to maybe let Christy move forward. Yes, Roberta. Uh, Roberta. I, I'm sorry. There's no way I can, there's no hand thing on here. But anyway, <laughs> oh. uh, I don't know what's wrong. We saw with you. Anyway, you did a good uh, job. We saw you. Um, I just wanted to point out that on page seven of the master plan, it says very clearly that the plan is general and it gives broad recommendations for the use of land in the county. The plan is made for flexible guidance rather than rigid control. It addresses countywide issues, problems, and policies, et cetera. So it, it says right in on the first page of the master plan that it's an advisory document. Okay. That's my two cents. Perfect. Christy, <laughs> why don't you move on? Okay. So hold on one second. Whoa. Are we sharing this screen? Okay. You are, but it's a big screen all of a sudden here. <laughs> I don't know why this is giving me a hard time here. Hold on. Oh, we got it. Is it still like huge? Well, we can, each of us can fix it ourselves because we can change. Let me, let, let me fix that for you. Okay. Why is this? There you go. Ah, okay. Are you, oh, where No, you go? lost it. I am so sorry. Why is this being very difficult? As a side note, I believe this is the 10th year that I've asked for an update to the master plan. So I'm absolutely thrilled that we've made it through at least some data gathering. <laughs> well, we had to take a year break, Andy, because it was yeah. just beyond us. Are you seeing um, the slide for population? We are. I yes. am. Okay. But just so you know, it's showing as it would like on a, on a um, what do they call it? Slideshow. It's got the sidebars on it too. Okay, not anymore, right? No. You're on to other things. The charts are gone. There they are. Yep. Okay. So, um, so a really important point on this slide, it was something that DOLA came and presented um, demographics to us all. And um, really what jumped out to most of us is when you're breaking out each of the areas in Route County, when you look at growth since 2000, 
you know, a large majority, 40% almost here is where we're seeing growth in unincorporated route county. One would assume most of the growth is happening in the growth centers in particular for Steamboat, but that's not the case. Um, so that was really alarming and that's really telling of, of why we really need to, you know, um, be more at the forefront as much as we can to what is happening all over the country in particular here, you know, and be more proactive instead of reactive to these challenges we're gonna see. So um, the next slide is just that, those numbers. So 30% growth in Colorado and in the county as a whole, and 42% in unincorporated route counties since, since 2000. And as you all know, um, or if you don't know, the new census information is expected to come out. And I fully anticipate these numbers to go up significantly. Um, we anticipate those new numbers to come out this April. Um, I had heard that um, they are running behind Shocker. Um, so we may get those numbers um, a little bit later. Um, but, you know, Chris and I can tell you, and I've been updating you of where we're seeing, you know, the most planning activity right now. And it's through, you know, the lot consolidations and Steamboat and Stagecoach, um, Steamboat Lake and uh, Stagecoach. Um, a lot of applications, a lot of calls, a lot of interest, um, and that's all unincorporated Route County. Brian's got his hand up quickly. Yeah, I've, I've just been pointing this out with this West of Steamboat Area Plan. You take a look at that stat right there, the 30 and 42, then yep. the other chart with the increase in population and where it's occurred in the county. And what I'm getting at, obviously, is this is threatening the rural character of Route County. I'm speaking from someone that travels the county on a daily basis throughout. And when you start breaking land in, down in the smaller parcels and putting more people out there, then you get away from what you would call the traditional rural characteristics of Route County. That, that is true. And, you know, and that's why this process, you know, to reiterate is very important. And to Peter's point, I mean, even if it's, you know, um, you know, we, we say how this is a guiding document, you know, you use these findings of fact and you use these intricate staff reports to base your land use decisions that protects you you know, and the county from your decisions because they are all in line with these plans that are formally adopted. So, um, so that is just another a point of the importance of going through this process and why you wanna check in more regularly than every 18 years. Um, even though we haven't formally done that over the years, um, you know, we, we can all make the point that we use, this isn't a document that just sits on a shelf somewhere. We use this for every land use activity in the county. So it is constantly being, you know, tested and reviewed and, you know, and, um, and that's why um, we need to formally go through this process though to um, memorialize it. So why are we here? Um, we want to promote engagement. We started this process last year um, and we want to be able to find opportunities 
um, to educate the community about the process and to get resident feedback um, because it's a community plan and we want that buy-in. We want them to be part of the process. So the goal is to have that high level of citizen involvement. If you recall, when we put out the community survey last year, um, the number, the goal we were looking for was about, was 2% of the population. So that would have been about 500 surveys. And in return, we actually got close to a thousand surveys. So, um, you know, just from some of the experts, if you will, um, who focus on surveys and, you know, do this a lot, that was a really impressive number to get that kind of feedback from, from the community. Um, so we want to, um, when we're done, provide a summary um, for everybody and, you know, of that engagement process to build on that to create a draft document. Um, so then, you know, multiple ways to get involved. The, you know, as I mentioned, this is the community's plan. Everyone has a role in this process, you know, developing the master plan through community meetings, online surveys and outreach. Um, we will be identifying, um, identifying stakeholders through the process. And you know, that will be later on in the process. Um, we have a master list of stakeholders of people that we do wanna talk to, you know, apart from going out to the municipalities and the general public, but you know, you'll want you know, our water experts and have a, a stakeholder group with water or focusing on preservation. Um, Historic Route County really wants to be part of the process. Um, I shared a letter that they sent um, really interested to want to be part of the update process and to focus on and, and help guide us about historic preservation and the need for that in, in the county. So those are just some samples of when we refer to stakeholders, what we mean. Um, so this, um, some of you may recall, um, was one of our takeaways from the community survey and it was describe route county in one word and what comes, you know, the, the recurring theme here is, you know, beautiful, rural, you know, home, you know, there are some, you know, ones out there about changing and expensive, there's no surprise there and that it's growing, but, you know, paradise, wild, and, you know, the over, overarching theme here is that people do value the beauty and value the um, preserving our open spaces. And we do have to keep that in mind moving forward. Um, Andy, I see you have your hand raised. Is there any way we can see some of the outlying comments? Because as, as maybe gimmicky as I feel these word cloud kind of things are, it, they're almost cliche like in describing where we live, you know, there's nothing, I don't know if that there's anything substantive in what's mm -hmm. being shown here. That's just my personal feeling on that. I don't think the entire, I, I get your point. Um, I think this is just a sample of the overall survey. This is not by any means, you know, um, 
you know, stamped for approval that, you know, we're going to take this and run with it. Um, I think the overall survey, there were some good takeaways and that we can use as um, really a springboard on what to focus on. So I think throughout the survey, we did receive some recurring themes that we need to focus on moving forward. And I'll get to that um, on my next slide, I believe. And that's why I was wondering if there was the outlying comments, a word cloud, not on the most popular, but maybe things that didn't pop up as much. And if there's anything to be gained from those comments, as far as like, um, I, I, yeah, I like yeah, what so you're saying about trend. I, 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 I can see how maybe the relevance relates to overreaching goals and stuff. Yeah, um, when we're done here, um, I don't, did you take a look at the summary document um, that I sent out? Because we did pull out like the worst and best, you know, and pulled out from that information. So there were a lot of comparisons, you know, in that document that I think you might find useful. I don't know if you had the opportunity to look at it. And if you didn't, I can send it to you again, or I can bring it up after um, I have three more slides to go. Cool. Thank you. No problem. Um, so steps completed and next steps. So this is just the overall um, process. So as I've mentioned, you know, outreach is an evolving process that continues throughout this update process. Um, we will want to do additional surveys and identify what they should look like. Our, our initial one was a pretty broad survey to, you know, really to use as a as a baseline. Um, but the idea would to be to focus on the issues and themes derived from the community input that we initially got as a, as a starting point. So phase one um, was phase one and phase two are completed. And phase one involved the update preparation and organization of the plan. Um, phase two was the initial outreach and the engagement, which was um, that included over 19 community meetings that, um, that staff completed early last year. Um, and it commenced with the survey ending and going through that information. Um, phase three intended to include a joint discussion to really um, divulge some of that information, um, but then COVID hit. So it really didn't go anywhere. Um, so this phase three is, it includes this now, which um, we created this revised fact sheet that we would intend to distribute as an educational document um, to have more Q&A and really focus on educating the community of what this process is about, how they can get involved. Um, because you know, when, when you speak to people, it is pretty clear that there is a disconnect of of really the difference between the county and any one of the cities, um, how our land use decisions impact them. Um, and, um, and so that's something, you know, staff is really gonna prioritize going into the official, you know, I'll say phase three of the, um, the outreach this summer. So looking at this timeline, we would look to do a joint meeting come March and, you know, to get 
you know, make sure we're all on the same page and, and to identify what this scope of services will look like. And when I refer to scope of services, that is how big of an update we're actually looking on. Can we agree on, you know, what the theme should be that we should be talking about? Um, and, and the information we want to include in a request for person, uh, professional services referred to as an RFP, which is the process that's necessary to bring on a planning consultant. Um, we have the money to do it. As I said, um, uh, Chad, you know, worked, you know, hard on getting grant money um, to assist in that process. Um, you all will be part of that process. Um, and that will happen sometime between March and April, um, putting together that scope of services, that document we will want to put out there to a planning consultant, to these firms to look, like, to look at and review and say, hey, yes, we're interested in this process. And ideally we would get back, you know, hopefully, you know, a handful or more of applicants that essentially we review and see who fits the bill for us. We decide on that. Um, we'll probably we'll want to put together a um, a review committee um, in order to do that to spearhead that process um, to make sure that who we sign with we're getting what we want, you know, and we're providing them with what our expectations are through the process. So the intent would be to use some of these things like the fact sheet and we put together the, the scope of services and. Um, and one of the things I'd want to work on and create is that expectational document um, created through you all. Um, so they're aware of what the process will look like and what we expect. So then May, June would be that consultant selection, as I mentioned. And then we would have a consultant on board to help with phase four and five. And that is gonna be mainly focused around that community outreach and um, honing in on our stakeholder groups and meetings around the themes that we've identified. So we expect that that to happen between July and December. Um, and then phase five would be the actual writing and review of the draft plan, um, which would be you know January through March. Um, and that should be on the next line, actually, I just saw. And then the adoption process, which typically would be about a two-month process between, you know, work sessions on the adoption and um, the public process, obviously, um, and um, finalizing of that document. You know, if an extension of the timeline is warranted, we'll, we'll really know that as we go through the process. But... Um, I've been coordinating with DOLA about the grant money um, and, and when that needs to be finalized, which would be May of next year. But because of COVID, um, they have assured me and it's been documented that, you know, if an extension is necessary, we can certainly coordinate that with them. And we would probably look to reevaluate where we're at in the timeline um, later on in the process. So, Essentially, um, you know, just to reiterate, you know, the process is that staff will collect this information for the public outreach and work with you all, you know, to put it into a usable form. 
And once the plan is approved by the planning commission, it's ratified by the board, the county commission, which you know is part of that adoption process. And collectively, it's a you know it's a collaborative process between the community and our elected officials, you all staff. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm definitely excited to move forward in the process. Um, I'll get off the screen, and I'm sure you all have questions. Um, did I stop sharing my screen? Yes. Yep, you did. Okay. I have a question. Actually, yes. three. <laughs> Go One. ahead. Did you not, or haven't you, did you have a parents, you met with BCC? I did. And how'd that go? It went really well. Um, it was a more, um, it was essentially a high level discussion like this, um, bringing um, Tim, Tim Redman up to speed of where we're at in the process. Um, and really it was, hey, do they agree that this is the right time to move forward? Um, to really check in to see, you know, what their thoughts were moving forward. I know, you know, priorities have been COVID. Um, but, you know, we, we, I've heard from numerous people about the appetite to move forward and not to sit on this and kick the can down the road. And especially from a planning standpoint, the point I made earlier with knowing of the level of planning activity and growth we're seeing, the whole point of planning is to be proactive. And too many times, you know, we're in a reactory situation and, you know, you see it all the time and we have the ability and the assistance to do it now. Um, and I'm not suggesting, you know, we go running out of the gates like now, because obviously I have shared with you all some of the challenges that we have right now, just from a staffing standpoint, but to get to that point, to get to that community outreach standpoint, there is some background and process type stuff that we do need to um, uh, fall into place in order to be prepared to um, move forward this summer. So, um, so really the concern was, you know, is this the right time? Um, and um, after having that discussion with them, uh, they were all in agreement with the timeline and to move forward. Um, and I said that I was gonna schedule, you know, obviously meetings with you all and then a joint meeting from here on out. So they were interested in doing that. They also specifically asked for a follow-up meeting because as some of you know, there, there definitely was contention um, when this process started. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, you, know uh, you know, Andy said, you know, he's been asking for an update for years. We should have done this, you know, um, a while ago, um, but there was definitely, um, we'll just say the assistant county <laughs> manager, who was, um, I think we all know, was trying to drive the process. And um, most of you were not happy with that. And staff was put in a very awkward, weird position. Um, I agree completely that the plan needs to be looked at and updated to some degree. That's not for me to decide to what degree that is. Um, but it was just how it was 
being um, forced, essentially, and dictated. Um, I really, the good news is, Christy, that's over and done with in history. And, and, that's, and that's the point I want to make, is that um, those individuals are no longer here. Um, the county commissioners acknowledge that as well. Um, and they want to make sure that you're all comfortable with the fact of how the process, you know, is going to work and that, you know, this is a collective plan, but, you know, essentially you're driving the bus. Perfect. Second is more so of a comment. Yeah. I am totally convinced that water is going to play a major role in the growth of this county. Absolutely. And so at some point in time, I need, I need to hear from the water people yep. and understand that system totally and completely because I get and tired of talking about, well, you know, the entire Elk River Valley is overappropriated. And then yep. my client says, well, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you think you want to drill another well, have fun. I mean, it's an overstatement, but that to me is critical. But that doesn't require any comment past that. Okay. Yep, it's, it's noted and it's right. in the plan. The third question I have, what is it that you expect um, that we as commissioners should be doing in the interim, in between meetings, in between whatevers? I think at this point, um, you know, really just becoming familiar if you're not already, you know, the master plan and ask questions and, um, and then at this point, it's really, you know, between now and then, uh, now and the 18th, reviewing the master plan and, and highlighting some things that, you know, you, you find that are opportunities that, you know, hey, you know, these are important and, you know, these, these should be looked at. And then some things that you're like, wow, we should really look at this. This this seems like a challenge. And, you know, I think this warrants further discussion for sure. Is it appropriate to stay in the plan? Um, but the overarching, I think, goal would be, do you all, you know, still agree with the concept of the plan where we direct growth to growth centers? Um, but also think, you know, what, what kind of challenges that presents too, you know, because by doing that, I, I think it's a great growth management tool. Um, I've said it over and over, you know, we have been awarded, you know, with that philosophy, you know, and looked at and recognized by other resort communities of what to do. But as you know, there are the downsides, the unintended consequences over the years from the growth pressures. So that means, you know, more traffic, that means, you know, higher prices. You know, we are a resort community, so you have to take that into consideration. And there's like an economics, you know, factor. Um, you know, should, I, I would also like you to look at, you know, the language that specifically states that, you know, that there is language that says direct growth or urban, urban density type development shouldn't, should only happen within the vicinity of a growth center. And that's key too, because we, we don't really talk about that. And so vicinity, what does that mean? Is that something I think we should be talking about that? And is that something, you know, you want to keep in the plan? You know, is that something that 
we should, you know, identify what fitness vicinity means, or, you know, you keep it more liberal, you know, and, and general. Um, so you can make, you know, your decisions, you know, based on that with, with appropriate findings of fact. Um, and then just, you know, for some of you that have been on a long time and some that um, are newer to the board, think about some of the applications that have challenged you and why. And, and, and look at, you know, the, the master plan and some of our regulations and just, you know, make those, those notes to yourself. If you want to share them with me, you know, and I can organize it, that would be great. Um, but that would be, that would be my goal for you guys all in the short term. And then long term would be, you know, part of the update process. And as we're putting together, you know, some of these community meetings um, be part of the process. And, uh, and, and, you know, be part of the process, you know, and uh, we can delegate some of you to different stakeholder groups, um, but really just, you know, buy in from all of you. Christy? Okay, thank you, I'm done. When I first was um, applying to be on the board and then when I was chosen to be on the board, I downloaded a whole bunch of stuff. All I need to know is I mean, including the master plan and the zoning regulations, because I need to be able to have them in my hand. Do I need to read um, this document? I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, so December of 2019. Is that what is no longer being used? Yeah, I would um, not waste your time. Okay, that's all I need to know. It's confusing. Um, that was put together by the old regime, we'll just say. Um, and that was what the expectation was. Yeah. I, I intend to put together a shorter three-pager of, of the process, you know, that we can use as our guiding document. But that was intended to be like a three-year, throw out the master plan, start from the ground up. Okay. That's kind Unnecessary. of what my understanding was, but I wanted to be sure. So that was- And, I, and, and that by way. the way, I just took that off the Navigate Your Route website, so. Good, it was there at least a couple it months. It was, ago. it was, yeah. Okay, good, thank you. You're welcome. Brian. I was just gonna recommend that Linda read it to stay out of trouble, but in all, ser <laughs> all seriousness, uh, this feels a lot different this time around. She inadvertently hit on that point and you've helped explain some things, but this just feels right. It feels like we're ready to do this. This looks like fairly realistic deadlines to get from where we are now to where we want to be a year from now with this. And it looks achievable. You know, yeah. it looks, yeah. I think we have a goal, a really good document to work from. And that's really important to note. And so, um, and I don't want to downplay the process, um, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. And, you know, and I think it was being made more than it needed to be. And like I said, it's not to downplay anything. It's just, it's just fact. And, um, and I think we're all capable um, of seeing this through. And I think we have a lot of people that are passionate, you know, about the county and want to be part of the process. You know, 
here on the board and, you know, community members that have reached out to me and, you know, and want to be part of this process. Troy. Yeah, I'm wondering on the 18th, um, could we maybe have a 30 minute discussion on these, the initial survey responses? I mean, I'd like to know what it tells you. And, you know, I have, of course, my thoughts, but I have no idea if, you know, how planning mission feels after uh, looking at the community survey. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not suggesting, you know, a whole meeting on that, but it just seems like that's- Yeah, no, I, I, can put, I could put my, you know, my findings, um, which I believe I, you know, I, I did touch on last time, um, but of course, you know, I think it was a deer in headlights, a lot of information for a lot of people. Um, but yes, that would be the intent, Troy. And I can let you know what my feelings are, you know, my opinions of my takeaways um, and see if you agree with that. And, and, my, and my recommendation would be to use that document because I, I do find there are a lot of good takeaways in that document. Um, you know, like the recurring themes we can focus on, you know, and, well, and what they- What I'm most curious about and I'm not trying to get in the weeds, Steve, but there's a couple of points that were strongly responded to in the survey. And they all had, well, they had to do with affordable housing and expense and uh, housing costs and all those. And I'd like to know from Planning Commission and obviously with staff's input, where is our role in that? I mean, outside of West of Steamboat, I get that, Brian, but outside West of Steamboat, I'm not sure where this master plan is supposed to take this county on those topics. So I'm I can, I, I can, I can be prepared to, I mean, I can answer that now, but I can, I'll include that for next week because that is the intent to explain some of these comments and where, where they do have a place. And they do have a place in the master plan, but I don't think in, in, the, in the concept that you're thinking, like it's not, I don't think you take that information and, and say, hey, affordable housing, I think should be, you know, in between here and Hayden, and we should identify affordable housing. That's not how I see it. Um, I think that these are good comments that came out that they are concerns and issues we're dealing with. And we use and create action items and identify those in the master plan. And maybe we say, and this is just an example, and maybe we say, hey, we're he we recognize that this is an issue. And our action item is that municipalities, this is something that you should make a priority to have more affordable housing. And that's how it's addressed. There are other mechanisms and stuff, but that's just in a simplistic form of, of like you, you identify action items. Almost like the, if, you, if any of you wanna take a look at the area plan, um, <laughs> if you wanna go through the brain damage um, of what not to do actually, where they have you know, over 150 action items, you would want action items, but you don't have to have that many. And you want ones that are attainable and you want ones that 
you know, you can actually go through and check off the list that we, we have done this. We, we heard, you know, we heard that this is an issue from our experts. Um, we put it on the board as one of like the priorities. And as a planning commission, this is what we're recommending of how to address that issue. And that the area, the sub area plans should focus on affordable housing in some capacity. Um, and that's just the long and short of, <laughs> of, of that kind of example, Troy, but I can, you know, explain that a little bit further um, at our next meeting. Makes sense. Anybody else? Chris, do you want to add anything? You're good? Okay. All right. So hearing no more questions at this point in time, Troy. Christy, um, I doubt you guys have time for this, um, but listening to some of this discussion tonight, I would love to see an overlay map of maybe 10 mile radius out of Steamboat Springs. And I'm not trying to make it too burdensome, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, how <laughs> yeah, many- Yeah, um, direct Chris, um, she could focus on this um, and watch her head explode. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like, you know, a lot of the conversation, of course, and, and the respondents we get from the surveys and all that is Steamboat Springs Center. And I'm not trying to ignore the other communities or their, municipal boundaries with the county. But all this growth, you want to do the 47% growth in unincorporated. If you set aside Steamboat Lake and Stage, you know, I don't know how much of that 42% outside Steamboat Lake and Stagecoach. I'd like to know, but anyway, I'm just thinking that there's not that many building lots, vacant building lots, um, for example, between Steam Springs and Catamount, the Valley Floor. You know, I think you can count them and, I don't know, th there's not that many, one for 35. And if you take that metric all the way around and recognizing, of course, that Brown's got another three or 400 acres out in the Valley Floor and, you know, Cressy's got all kinds of land out on 33, but those are just shown as the big block. You know, it's 1,200 acres. So it could result in however many 35s. So if we're really talking about what could happen on the perimeters of Steamboat, I don't know that there's that many vacant 35s left. So it, it's the overlay. Yeah. Yeah, we can get together with GIS. I mean, some of that information we do have through the number of building permits. Like I do know that the number of building permits for single family dwellings surpasses and outweighs what's happening in Steamboat Springs. But what you're seeing is, and in particular in the South Valley floor is what I'm, I'm told by the building department, what we see. 
um, but that is through 35 acre development. And to Andy's point, who, who mentioned before, I, I think it was Andy that said, you know, um, some have argued the plans aren't working. You know, I've heard, um, I've heard a county commissioner make that statement. And, um, and I think our plan is working. It's just what we're seeing is a lot of redevelopment, building permits on either people buying up 35 acres and building, there, there are some vacant parcels out there. Um, and that's something we can't control. That's through state statute, 35 acre development. Um, we're not seeing subdivisions um, in, in those areas. Um, so it's a lot of knockdowns and rebuilds um, or building on vacant. And some of the numbers I have told you before this year, we have seen by far the most variance type applications. Um, you know, 19 total this past year in comparison to a typical year of having four. And what we're seeing is people buying up these like weird little vacant lots that are, have been known or thought to be unbuildable or not desirable. And people are just trying to get their hands on any sort of vacant land. And therefore they can't meet setbacks because they're these old, you know, legal non-conforming lots and that's what they're building on. So that is what we're seeing. Um, I could get together with Emmy from GIS um, who, who's really great to work with on creating maps and we can see what kind of mapping we can put together um, based on that, allow, on that alone, because we have talked about it in the past um, and we just haven't um, put it together ob for obvious reasons at this point, but um, we'll look into it, Troy. Ryan has his hand up. Nope. Yeah, just reiterating what Troy was just saying, I think you're right, Troy, there's just not that much vacant land. And like Christy was saying, it's getting redeveloped. But we're also about to enter another barn burner construction season. They haven't even stopped this winter. They're just building right through it. I, yeah. I just, I'm just shocked. It's mm -hmm. like it's like it was 12 or 15 years ago before the last Great Recession. People were just doing foundations year round again. But I mean, to Troy's point and, and why this information for the rest of you is valuable, I mean, he's absolutely right between, you know, the other thought is adding conservation easements. If we add conservation easements to the overall map, which would prevent development on a lot of the areas combined with as Steve likes to point out, and another issue about water, where the areas are overappropriated with that overlay, you know, what's, what's left. And so that will be a very good tool to use as we go through the process for some of the decisions you're gonna make of where development should go. Maybe that will reinforce the fact that development needs to go to our growth centers. Maybe. I mean, I, well, that, that would be my assumption. Reason, you know, the only, as I've listened to people discuss it, it's I would be much better to have this information earlier in the game, Christy, than, you know, the next November. Or, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, say you guys need to get this done because I, I know for sure that. But I'm just trying to get a chronological progression as to. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Water problems here. We got conservation easements there. I could say 
fail our brain damage to get to where we're trying to be in November, December, you know? It, it, yeah, no, it, it, I, I fully intend to, um, because I mean, this has been on our list. The water discussion has continued to come up and things like that. Um, obviously we didn't do any work on this in the, over the past year. Um, and we're just talking about moving forward with this. This is, and has been on the list. Um, Cause you've mentioned it before to these overlays. And obviously we would want those kind of graphics um, as we move forward, I obviously, we just are starting this conversation, but you'll have it sooner than later. Um, ideally, I would like to try to even have a lot of this information for our joint discussion because our county commissioners, you know, need to understand that point too. I think some of them do, but, but mm. they don't. Um, and, and that will reinforce, you know, some of the, you know, discussions we're going to be talking about this scope. And, and really to, um, I think, support some of my um, thoughts on where I think the survey was right on in a lot of areas. And all of these points will just help support that we do have a really good foundation already to work with. And here, is the, um, here are the facts you know, to back that up of, of why you know, we're, you know, potentially making these decisions. So Christy, my sense is you're almost done with this topic. Yes. Good. So before we conclude, I have two issues. One, um, there was a, a bit of a, a mini movement to give serious consideration to daytime meetings. Yes. And so are inherently there problems with that from a legal standpoint? Um, there, there's been, you know, um, not from a legal standpoint, no. Um, okay. So there's interest. Um, some of you reached out to me about um, wanting to have the discussion about daytime meetings. Um, and, you know, traditionally planning commission has always been at night. It's just how it's always been done. There are some rational reasons for that, obviously, um, with applicants um, being available at night. However, as we know, there's, there's no legal legality of why they need to be at night. Um, I have worked for municipalities um, that we've had daytime meetings. Um, as you know, our county commissioners have daytime meetings. It would be a change. We are in this new Zoom format, um, which makes it a lot easier, um, I think, for people to hop on a meeting than physically going to a meeting. We don't know how long we'll be in this format. But the other consideration is all of your time. I mean, from a staff standpoint, um, I would love the embrace the idea um, having daytime meetings. But that is something where we need to have that conversation with the rest of you because there are quite a few of you that do have, um, you know, have jobs during the day, and I don't know how flexible you are. Or so if my, my my thought is because we have I think virtually a full house here, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that I'm looking for a complete commitment, but I'd like to take a poll and just go through the names and find out okay who would be receptive to daytime. And who wouldn't? 
Well, Steve, what was the reason for it? Uh, I think there are those of us, some of us would prefer daytime as opposed to evening. That's it. Yeah, don't overthink this. <laughs> so I guess, Troy, because you start, I mean, I'll start with, I can go either direction. There are days where I think a daytime would be a better deal. You're going to say you're, you're flexible. I'm flexible. Troy, where are you at? Flexible. Perfect. Bill Norris, where are you at? I will retire in a year. So after a year, right now, nighttime. <laughs> okay, nighttime, one year. Uh, can I just ask one question? Bill, yeah. if you had um, obviously ample notice um, or an agenda, is there any flexibility um, within the next year? None. Or none? No. Okay, thank you. Greg. I'm flexible for now, but who knows after COVID and that kind of stuff. But well, uh, who knows anything after COVID? So I'm yeah, not exactly. We're What's not going to hold norm? you up forever on your response, Billy. Uh, evenings definitely matter. Okay, Brian. Uh, mainly evenings. I could probably occasionally do daytimes during the winter when it slows down some. Okay, I'm going to write down nighttime plus or minus. How's that? I, well, I, I think one bonus of an occasional daytime meeting is you may pick up different people, whether all your commissioners can be there or not. You right. may hit a different audience, which would be valuable. Okay. Roberta? Flexible. Linda? Flexible. Peter? Flexible. Andy? Where'd Andy go? Oh. I'm right here. I had to unmute. Uh, I don't know. Today, flexible. <laughs> if you pay my hourly rate during the daytime, when I not possible. I, you know, like for me, I end up working till four o'clock in the morning sometimes on projects, and so. I don't know. You know, I get like I have the benefit of being able to control my schedule a little bit, so. Put me down as flexible. Okay, that's fair. That's With good. My hourly rate. <laughs> uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> and pizza delivery. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, okay. what, like, what, what about the food? Like, I know COVID's putting a stress and everything, but man. Well, maybe not... we should push for some kind of a, a meal allowance like they do cars, right? Yeah. We're not, you know, I'm not getting my big $140 a year anymore either. You're cutting yeah, the yeah, funding yeah. off. We're sending uh, a virtual meal, Andy. <laughs> Andy, we're okay. not having sandwiches for you. I know that, like that is fantastic. Like I had a delicious bowl of pasta during the meeting; it was great. <laughs> we all saw that. Don't worry. Okay, that was that issue, uh, and then we'll just kind of move forward on and see where it goes. Um, the second item, Christy, are we still a commissioner short? Um, we are. We're commissioner short. Um, and as of right now, and we have, I've gotten three applications without even soliciting or advertising, Ooh, wow. um, for people wanting to be on, um, planning commission. I also have two vacancies on our board of adjustment. Okay. Um, so we, um, I need to coordinate with Ronnie because timing wise, 
Um, we do have um, a couple of you, I think that are up. I don't have my list in front of me, um, meaning that you would want to, and I'll reach out to you, see about your interest to stay on. So we would want that first, right? Um, and then we do have one opening right now. Um, okay. So that would be appointments are, um, are up at the end of March. So we will start soliciting for um, new members um, to fill that vacancy um, this month um, and then interviewing for them in March. Perfect. So I will be coordinating with you all on what that list looks like um, as we go forward. It was just a case of making sure my math was still correct. Yep. I'm showing up with 10. Yep, we need 11. Yep, got it. Oh, uh, that's Brian, the end of mine. I'm Brian, done. do you have a question or was that from before? Oh, thank you. Yep, that was from before, sorry. Okay. And uh, really short administrator's report. Um, so the 18th, expect um, a more um, robust, if you can handle it, um, <laughs> master plan discussion. And I hope to have some of, um, you know, focus on some of the points um, and feedback you all provided. And then we have Chris's application um, for your, for most of you, your first oil and gas application. Whoa. Scheduled scheduled for March 4th. Um, and um, yeah, should be a good one. You're serious. <laughs> oh, I am. Very serious. Look how serious Chris looks. All right. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, she used to. That's she used to just eat, sleep, and uh, and breathe oil and gas. And uh, since I've been here, um, I think maybe only two in the very beginning of my uh, tenure here at the county. So we've been on a lull. So uh, this one has been in the pipe, I believe, for quite some time. But there's been some regulatory changes and things that we needed to do on our end, as well as on their end. Um, and um, as far as I know, we're still moving forward with that, right, Chris? I know you sent me an yep. email the other day, but that's a separate issue. Okay. I'm um, a veteran of many battles. <laughs> I was I was fresh during the height of I'm the I'm the sure you're well into it, Andy. We saw 10 applications, I think, during that time frame or something. Yeah. No, it was it was kind of busy during that time. I will point out that I voted yes like 80% of the time. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Move on. Sorry. Uh, Brian has a question. I get to get out of that one a month from now. That happens to be where I live also. Oh, so. yep. Yep, that'll be interesting. So you'll be recusing yourself is what you're... I am you... saying that very upfront, yes. Okay. All right. So um, beyond that, um, we have a couple of um, consolidations. Again, we're working on that. Um, you can expect to see on your consent agenda. I believe we have two in the pipe. Uh, one scheduled, one will be scheduled, um, as well as um, another application um, 
Brian, I believe you're also well aware of um, for an amendment to an LPS, um, which has not been scheduled yet, um, just because I haven't been able to get to it. So um, you can expect to see that application um, coming forward at some point sooner than later. Apart from that, um, hey, 80, 809. So, uh, one Linda. One last one. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um, and this is maybe as much a Sarah question, too. Should approval of minutes also be on the consent agenda? Be fine with me. I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think procedurally. I, I mean, once rarely. And I'll emphasize the word rarely. Do we have issues with the minutes or corrections well, or changes? I mean, on other boards that I serve on, the minutes are on consent agenda. But honestly, we don't have consent agenda items very often on this board. So it doesn't really make that much difference because you still have to approve the minutes either way. Well, the only reason I was thinking about it, and I'm just picking up on Christy's earlier comment of, you know, a minute ago. A number of lot consolidations showing up. Yep, that's and fine. So, you can, I can just put those under the consent agenda as well. That's fine. Okay, there you go. I'm done. Okay, I just want to reiterate to everybody. I mean, if you have any questions or concerns as we're you know moving through this process, navigating through this process, I mean, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, if you have any questions or, you know, if, if something isn't making sense or, um, or something, you know, you have ideas, you know, definitely reach out, shoot me an email. Um, I will definitely make time for you. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much. I think we're adjourned. No, thank you. Have a good, good night, evening. Everybody. Appreciate everybody. Thank you. Steve. Um, yes, we will, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Um, I wanted to follow up on, um, on a couple of things, uh, that just remind me what are you around tomorrow or. Yeah. Just be plowing snow. I'm sure. 